This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome in to another edition of Inside Carolina's Postgame Podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity. CongruityHR.com front slash Tar Heels. Get your small to mid-sized business free assessment. and They'll raise you to another level. Ashley, that's Dewey Burke. North Carolina falls to Kentucky 87-83 in this another uh, CBS Sports Classic. I mean, I thought it was a hell of a basketball game. When you look at the stats, not great shooting, but great intensity for most of the night. Dewey, your overall thoughts? Yeah, I hate to say this, but I I never felt like we were winning that game. You know, the, the first – 10 minutes or so were very sloppy on both sides as the kids settled in. But then I thought, uh, I know we made a couple runs, but in the, in the second part of the first half, I thought their effort was better. Uh, they certainly shot the ball better. We struggled shooting to start the game. And uh, I know we made a run to close the half, but I just, you can't give up 18 offensive rebounds, turn the ball over 17 times and expect to beat a top 15 team with the talent that they have. Um, we'll get into it. You know, I'm not thrilled with how we're playing defensively. Uh, it was nice to see Cormac make some shots. RJ obviously is always going to be gutty and tough and fight. Um, but I just, even when we took the lead, it was just one of those games. It just, it never felt like we were winning that game, unfortunately. Yeah. Watching it, I felt like it was good to see Withers come out with some energy and, and, have some impact. RJ Davis is just a stud, man. I mean, he does everything he possibly can. Um, but when Carolina would, if they would just stay close, stay tagged enough to get a lead, I felt like Kentucky's freshman might crack. And I tweeted as such, and they did not. Dewey, what part of that is Carolina's defense and inability to rebound, like you said, uh, that allowed those guys just to continue to get buckets, get baskets and get opportunities and Carolina just couldn't keep them out of there, especially late when it mattered. I struggle with the fact that we switch everything every single time. It's a, it's a different philosophy and, you know, obviously the staff has their reasoning for it. I just think that uh, it's quite obvious. And so teams start to figure out that they'll just keep running you off ball screens or, or pin downs until they get the matchup they want. And when you have a team 
like Kentucky, who's got two guys who can score off the bounce and get into the paint and, and create shots for others or themselves, I think switching everything ultimately is a challenging way to defend. Um, I would like us – I would love to see us do some different things, even if it was just doubling ball screens to get into some traps. This team has interestingly shown themselves pretty capable in the three-quarter court and full-court press – you saw that for one possession and we got a turnover. Um, but again, it's just, it's a philosophical difference that I, I don't love. It's, it's not what coach Williams taught, you know, it, it, the switching eliminates the, eliminates the fact that you have to fight through screens as a defender off the ball. And one of our defensive thoughts for the day often would be, don't allow yourself to be screened, All right? And so what coach, is, what coach was getting to with that is, yes, people are going to try to screen you, but if your effort level is such that uh, not only am I not going to allow myself to get screened, I'm going to try to not even get touched and fight around it. And so we didn't play ball screens that way. We didn't play off the ball stuff that way. There was a – it's kind of coach's personality, right? It's like, no, you're going to figure out a way to not get screened. And the switching everything is just some, I'm just not used to it. And I think it lends itself to almost giving the mismatch if the other team is smart enough to be patient for it. And I think you saw Kentucky almost abandon any set plays in this game and just run a little bit of motion until they got Dillingham or Wagner in the position with a, a three or four or five on them and said, okay, go, go create a shot for yourself or somebody else. And down the stretch there, RJ hits those big threes, but we didn't get any stops on the other end. Um, and it was those guys getting in the paint and scoring. So the switching, you know, it's not for me. Let's just say that. Yeah, certainly a philosophical difference there. And, you know, you, you mentioned getting those guys on a big, on a three, four, or five. I, I looked at it maybe a different way in that UConn ran sets and, and had success against Carolina. Kentucky just ran, like you said, ran around screening, screening, screening until they got the mismatch they wanted. And the mismatch that I saw a lot was getting a guy like Cadeau on one of the big guards or even on one of their wings. I mean, their guards, Dillingham, Wagner, and all those guys are already oversized for Carolina's size. And we talked about that all year, all preseason, how defending that type action and those type mismatches or those type uh, matchups were going to be an issue for Carolina. And I think, to your point, the switching makes that even tougher to do. Just speak about the aspect of it of getting RJ. You know, you saw RJ there at the end got matched up with, I guess, the big guy, Bradshaw, on the last rebound um, when nobody on that side of the ball boxed him out. And then you had Cadeau having problems. I mean, Elliot Cadeau is going to be a great player, but at times – I felt like he was unplayable during this one because he could not defend these bigger guys. Just what have you seen from that aspect? Well, what you said is right. You know, earlier in the second half, they were making it a point to do a, a little big ball screen with Cadeau, knowing they'd switch and then post up their, you know, six, eight small forwards on him. And he picked, kept picking up fouls and couldn't guard. Um, I was at the UConn game and – uh, you know, down on the floor before the game, um, I just, I thought we were really small. 
I just like I looked at our I just looked at our team and I was like, we're this is a small team. And I'm not saying anything earth shattering there, but physically seeing it with my own eyes. And then you look down at UConn and like those dudes, you know, they were just a lot bigger. And I imagine that's how it looked uh, today with Kentucky. Um, so we're small. And then I think the switching creates challenges that allows teams to take advantage of us being small. Um, so look, we fought, uh, Ryan hits the big shots and obviously RJ did too. Was, I'm sure if you didn't care, it was a really fun game to watch. Uh, I was just frustrated the entire time because when you, you give up that many offensive rebounds, careless i mean how many times did we turn the ball over when we were in transition that we stepped out of bounds we threw it out of bounds and then obviously the last possession ridiculous turnover I, who knows what what he called in the huddle but the way cormac was running you'd have to think he was he was going to set a screen and that's what they drew up and so I, you know and elliot threw it off his back not not sure and maybe we'll never find out but yeah, like I said, you can't turn the ball over that many times and give up that many offensive rebounds and expect to, to beat a really good team. And and with that, you know, we had it with one possession, you know, to to tie it. Um, Baycott's got to be better. Uh, Harrison Ingram was pretty quiet today. Um, we can't expect RJ to score 30 every night just to be in the game because – if he doesn't hit those two monster threes, you know, this, this probably ends up being like a 10 point loss uh, that, you know, they whittle it away uh, making free throws because we're having to foul. So yeah, um, we have some shortcomings just athletically and size wise that we're going to have to figure out how to make up for. Yeah. Carolina out rebounded 42, 32 um, offensive rebounds gave up 18 of them led to 15 second half second chance points i mean that's what we do right that i mean yeah. historically that's what we do to other teams and they they're just they were just bigger and, and the other thing Tommy, the, the important point you brought up rj's on you know on their seven footer there at the end trying to box them out when you constantly switch when the shot goes up and inherently you're a step late because the switch can't happen at exactly the right moment every time and then chances are you're boxing out someone that isn't your man. It's, and, and so you have RJ boxing out a seven footer. You have Elliot trying to box out a six, nine guy, right? Like it messes up defensive balance, but also box out responsibilities. And you saw that tonight. I, I just, yeah, like I said, it's just not for me. I, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the switching. Um, I'd like to see us fight to stay with your own guy a little bit more and see what happens. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. I, it's c kind of like people say, why don't you play zone? Well, you say, well, we don't play zone because it messes up the rebounding to your point. Switching in that much is virtually the same thing mm -hmm. is having to go find the guy to box out. And if you end up with RJ on their biggest guy who credit that guy for making free throws, I mean, he hadn't done oh. anything all year and he stepped up and made whatever he needed to make. But when you look at that, plus the turnovers, I mean, you mentioned them earlier. Carolina had, what, 14 turnovers, 19 points off turnovers. You had the second chance points. Kentucky had 34 points off Carolina not getting it done, either mm -hmm. rebounding or turning the ball over. Well, let me make a point, Tommy, because I'm, I'm reading the comments. Uh, I'm yep. not saying that 
if we don't switch that all of a sudden we're going to be better defending on the ball, right? You either are or you aren't, and, and we, we are not great defending the ball. I'm talking about we switch every single screen on the ball or off. I would like us at a minimum on off-the-ball action, pin downs, baseline box-to-box screens, when teams are running different action. I would like us to fight through and do, as I said Coach Williams used to teach, is refuse to let yourself be screened and stay with your own guy, right? Switching can can make a lot of sense. If, if you're RJ and Elliot and, and your guys happen to set a ball screen for each other or they do a dribble handoff, more than likely those guys play the same position roughly. So, okay, switch. Harrison and Cormac, your guys, your wing players that you're guarding, if they do a dribble handoff or a screen for each other, okay, switch. But – you know, when Baycott's man sets a pin down for the kid Shepard, like, stay with your guy. Just fight around the screen and be there on the catch. That's what we were taught. And, so, like, for what reason off the ball, when they're setting a pin down for a shooter, does Armando need to switch on to him? I don't understand that. Um, and so, again, just, just for the people in the chat, I'm talking about we don't have to switch everything. You want to do some stuff on the ball? Late shot clock when they set a ball screen, that can be a popular time to switch. Okay, but we switch, we switch 10 times in one possession, and I just think it sets us up to be behind. And, and then the, the, the rebounding issue, as I said. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree, 100%. And, and, and folks in the chat and folks listening to this later and on message boards, it's a, it is the way Hubert Davis has done it, and other coaches do it differently. I don't like, to your point, switching one through four, one through five for this very reason. And it's been exposed more than once this year. But, Dewey, as far as defense for this team, I mean, Kentucky likes to run. Kentucky's going to score a lot of points. They had 87 tonight. Um, where can Carolina improve defensively in spite of everything we've already talked about? I mean, how do you – Yeah, I is think – It's simply a will, a will and a want to – there's that, but I but the uh, I am I am not in agreement with with what we've talked about the whole pod here uh, with the switching and everything. I I actually think we should maybe press a little bit more. Uh, for whatever reason, we've shown a penchant when we speed guys up to actually do a halfway decent job, like we obviously did in the Florida State game. Um, so maybe a little bit more full court stuff, um, but just you know. And again, I, I'm not saying that the kids wouldn't do this. I'm not saying the kids wouldn't refuse to be screened and fight through it. Just philosophically, they're just doing it differently. That's all. Uh, they've just, they've chosen that they're going to switch everything. And so uh, I would like to see us uh, play a little bit more traditional man to man where ball screens, you hedge and recover. Um, you know, we also don't deny on the wing as much as we used to. Uh, which can help force tempo and because we're trying to play faster. Um, I don't think that the switching everything is necessarily working against high level talent. And so um, I'd like to see us maybe play it a little differently. I don't know if they will, but we'll see. Yeah, it's an interesting debate. We're talking with Dewey Burke post North Carolina falls to Kentucky 87 83, of course. Johnny T shirt and congruity sponsors of this podcast. Shout out to 370 ish people that are here. Appreciate everybody joining us here on, you know, it's almost Christmas time. So a lot of people taking time from Christmas parties or whatever to join Dewey and me here. 
do we let's talk about Armando Baycott a little bit. I, I mean, Baycott, nine points tonight, three for four from the line, six turnovers, six rebounds. Is it is it time for Carolina fans to come to the realization that Baycott is Baycott? Or is it more than that here? It's a lot of the same issues. I mean, he's not going to get any taller. His athleticism is is what it is. He, he doesn't rebound well in traffic. And given how many times players are all over him, not rebounding well in traffic is, is a struggle. Um, what are you seeing from the big fella? I mean, there's obviously – He's been great at times, and he showed a couple. That's, this is what's the most frustrating thing for me, and I'm going to speak like people in the chat. He makes a post move. He drops steps. He has a little drop step hook early in the game, and then late in the game he gets pissed off, and he goes the other way and gets a layup in traffic, and those are two of his three baskets on the night. Now, granted, he doesn't get the ball in best places all the time, but your thoughts on Baycott and how he's playing. Well, he's, clearly he's struggling. I mean, if if you were to go back and watch how he played in that run to the Final Four, he was a different he was a different guy than we're watching right now. Um, he seems less explosive right now, which is odd because I think his weight is down. Um, there's certainly plenty of tape out there on him, so. So opponents are prepared. Um, he's undersized, especially against the last two opponents. I mean, those those guys are huge, NBA size, and he's not that. Um, and I, I don't think he's playing with the the motor, the intent that we have seen at times in the past. Like I remember talking about this in his first and second year, like being like, God, if he would just really start playing harder he's got a chance to be pretty good and then you know his junior year and even last year you know I I don't feel like we questioned effort from him um and he he's fighting to get position offensively something's just off he just doesn't seem right and so maybe he just needs a big game to to snap out of it um he just he just seems a little off to me so hopefully he can find it um you know, you're talking about somebody that's done some incredible things in that jersey, uh, but he doesn't—he doesn't seem right. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know if there's something going on off the court. No idea. Um, but he's better than he's playing, and for us to have a chance to do anything, he needs to to get back to what he's capable of, which is being relentless. I mean, I, I actually remember having podcasts, Tommy, especially when they really started playing well in uh you know as they went on that run in 2021 i remember talking with you about i was like this guy's relentless i mean he just he keeps coming at you and at you and at you and you wouldn't say that about the armando baycott we've watched this year yeah definitely i remember those because he was just and i don't use another bad word but he was kicking ass during that run i mean playing his butt off carolina needs that i mean you get 20 from ryan who came out of his slump. He, he made some interesting plays early, uh, but he hit some shots. 27 again from RJ, which is just, he's on a heater. That's ridiculous. Harrison Ingram only 10, Baycott 9. thought Seth Trimble did a few things, but Seth trying to, trying to go up against the big guys got it sent back a little bit. 
Dewey, I, I, I like the fight from this team. I like the effort, despite their shortcomings, to try to get back in it. Uh, they play Oklahoma on, I guess, this week, and then they're off for Christmas holidays. How important is it to get this one against Oklahoma? Because you've got Oklahoma coming up, who's undefeated, unless they lost today, which I don't think they have. Uh, then you have Charleston Southern, on, I believe the 29th. And then it's three straight ACC road games. And mm-hmm. you, it's ACC. You know about playing in ACC, whether it's Virginia Tech or Syracuse or Pitt or State or whatever. It's always a war. How important is this next one for North Carolina now sitting at 7-3? and three? Yeah, if you feel like you have to have it. Uh, I mean, I will say every single game, the, the last one before Christmas, you feel like you have to have it because going into the holiday – uh, awful loss is awful. Uh, we did that my junior year, uh, 05, 06. We went out to LA and lost to Southern Cal. And Coach Williams was so mad, ripped us after the game. James Worthy was in the locker room and he told our team that we should be embarrassed about how we played in front of James Worthy. And then we all had to get on flights back across the country. I took a red eye back to Philly. It, it just, it was terrible. And so not only given what's happened the last two games, uh, do we desperately need to win, but going into that Christmas break off of a loss blows. <laughs> there's no other way to, there's no other way to put it. Right. And then that's all anybody can ask you about when you're home and you see all your friends. So uh, that's it. You got to, that's a got to have it. Uh, absolutely got to have it. They need it for, um, you know, what it does for Ken Palm and everything for the tournament and and those sorts of things. But it's a got to have it just, you know, literally because you do not want to go home for Christmas off of a loss. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to see. We know UConn's a stud team. I mean, they went to Gonzaga or they beat Gonzaga on neutral court. Kentucky, it's going to be interesting to watch them. The young guys, that's, that's your traditional Kentucky team, a bunch of young guys and then an old guy. Do we have a last Ask a last question since I won't talk to you again before Christmas. What's your favorite playing non-conference game? Not tournament, uh, not ACC game, but a non-conference game in your career at Carolina. What was one of your favorites? Oh, it's pretty easy. I think um, fall of 05, uh, unranked and went in and won at Rupp with the Hansborough, Fraser, Ginyard, Green, freshman class. Uh, yeah, we were unranked and running out on that floor, that place. There's something about the way they built it. Have you ever been to Rupp? I have not, but it's, it's loud. I've heard. There's something about the way they built it. Like it's, it's, uh, it's steeper than the Smith center. So like the, the people are on top of you and you know, they, they ended up not being good that year, Kentucky, but they were supposed to be good. And, um, Going in there and winning, that was – and that was my first year on the team. I remember after the game going and talking to my parents being like, that, that, was, that was the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. <laughs> right? like, Is that uh, the Noel dunk? Was that David's dunk? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah the, baseline, was... the baseline drive, rip through and, and the dunk. Uh, Rayshon played great. Wes played great. Tyler did what he does and – we went in there and won, and that was that was the first. You know, everybody's seen it now because of social media and everything. But 
that was the first locker room where coach came in and we all jumped and threw water and that now has become famous and, and coach did it a ton um, in his last couple of years that everybody saw, but that was the first one of those that, that I was a part of. Um, so that one, that one's a pretty special one. Well, pretty awesome. I'm glad I set you up to have a good memory against Kentucky. Even though we're talking about a, a loss to Kentucky this time. That's Dewey Burke. I'm Tommy Ashley. Uh, shout out to everybody. There's over 400 people in here. You guys are the best. Uh, Justin Jackson and John Bowman will handle post-Kentucky, or excuse me, post-Oklahoma later in the week for their show. Um, Dewey, we might have to bust up on their show and, and tell them to let us in there. But th So that'll be a good one. And as always, Inside Carolina will bring the content. Adam Smith, Jeremiah Holloway on site, and of course Jim Hawkins with the great photos on the game and all sorts of stuff from the locker room. Dewey, it's always a pleasure, man. I love doing these with you. Likewise. Merry Christmas. Thanks to everybody for listening. Um, I think I'll close it by saying I still think these guys are together. I think they want to want to do well. I think they do play for each other. Uh, we have some limitations. Certainly size is, a, is something that we're not going to solve. Um, and so maybe, you know, if we can throw some wrinkles in, play a little bit differently – defensively and then we're going to be a team all year that absolutely has to make shots if they're not going to make shots uh it just makes it that much harder for Armando to have any space and so we've got to shoot it we've got to scrap and stay together and uh and they've got a chance to to, to be just fine by the end but uh they have some things to work out good stuff indeed take care everybody happy holidays we will talk again soon